In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would all the kids and teens up through the 12th grade please come forward. think so. Good. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. Good? Well, we're almost there. Almost there. But today's gospel lesson takes us back like nine months before Christmas when God sent an angel. Who's next? What's the angel's name? Gabriel, when God sent the angel Gabriel to announce something to Mary, who, by the way, was probably a little bit younger than y'all. Not you, y'all. <laughs> Teenager, most likely. And what did the angel say? Does anyone remember? What, did the, what was the important news? You're going to have baked chicken tonight? Well, what do you think the angel wanted then? What, what do you think the angel wanted? <laughs> Y'all can answer too over there if you want to. Anything? The angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she was going to have a... Huh? Child. Child, there we go. <laughs> a baby. That she was going to have a baby. And Mary, she was a little bit scared, nervous. She didn't know what. God, how? 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 I, I, I'm, I'm a virgin. God, I don't know what you're talking about. And the angel said, don't be afraid. God has chosen you. God has chosen you to carry this child who will do very special things. He is the son of God. His name will be Jesus. And, to, and so tonight, at Christmas Eve, that's what we celebrate, that child being born. But Mary still didn't quite get it, I don't think. I think each day it became clearer to her, even all the way up to the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross, where she stood below the cross watching her son die. For what? For the sake of the world, for you and for me. You see, God had the plan. God knew in the very beginning that he was going to come down and he was going to be among us and he was going to teach us, show us who God is in Jesus. And so that's what he did. Most people were expecting him to come as a conquering warrior, but he came as a little baby. And he grew up. And he was kind and gentle and humble yet strong and mighty as the Son of God. And so today we remember the angel Gabriel coming to Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
and soon to Joseph, the stepdad, right? Because God is the father of Jesus. And there's one other thing in there because the, the, the Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, who was quite old, and they'd never had a child, she, the angel said, your cousin Elizabeth is with child. And, and the, the words that I want you to hear is nothing is impossible with God if it's according to his will. God had a plan in the very beginning, before creation, that all this was going to happen. He saw Mary in the very beginning. He saw Elizabeth in the very beginning. He saw each one of you before creation even began. In God's mind, God's head, if you will, he saw each and every one of us, and he has a plan for each and every one of us to walk through this life in his plan. Sad part is many of us step outside of that plan, outside of the will of God. But God's plan is still there. It was there for Mary. It was there for Elizabeth. And because of what Mary said, yes, and because Elizabeth had the child, John the Baptist... This world has been changed forever because they said yes to God. And so I encourage you every single day, say yes to God. Whatever God asks, it's according to his plan. Say yes. Because that's how God operates. And you might be afraid and you might be nervous, as was Mary. But God will give you confidence and strength and hope that it will happen. Okay? These are, these, these are strong words. This, this changed the world, and I want you to understand that. And what God does with you changes the world as well, especially in your own environment, wherever you are. It changes the person next to you that you love. It changes your enemy that you're really angry with, but you're doing what God tells you to do by loving your enemy. It changes them. So keep doing it. Keep paying attention to God. Keep saying yes to God. And he will change you. He will change your world around you. And he will change everything until he comes again. All right? All right. You all are so excited about Christmas. I can tell the joy on your face. And All right. Go back to your homes. And if you, Penelope, if you want to get a packet from Mr. Doremus over here, you can. Easy, easy. So it was the end of the year, and there was a kindergarten teacher who was receiving Christmas gifts from her students. And the florist's son, the flower shop owner, that flower shop owner's son handed her a gift in class that day, and she shook it, and she looked overhead, and she said, I bet I know what this is. I bet it's flowers. And the boy said, that's right, but how did you know? Oh, just a wild guess, she said. Then the next pupil was the sweet shop owner's daughter, where they have candy and sweets and all. The teacher held her gift overhead and shook it just a little bit and said, I bet I can guess what this is. It's a box of sweets. 
And the little girl said, that's right, but how did you know? Oh, just a wild guess, the teacher said. The next gift was from the son of the liquor store down the street. <laughs> the teacher held the package overhead, but it was leaking. So she touched a drop of the leakage and she touched it to her mouth and she said, is it wine? And the boy replied with excitement, no. And the teacher repeated the process, getting a bigger drop. Hmm, is it champagne? And the little boy replied with more excitement, no. And the teacher took one more taste, one more taste before declaring, I give up, what is it? And with great glee, the little boy said, it's a puppy. Well, we're not quite there yet, but we're almost there. We're getting very, very close. And as we wait just a few more hours, I would like for us this morning to focus on the word faith. And I would like for us to do that by looking at two persons from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And the first person is Zechariah. He, he was a priest and he was married to Elizabeth the one I was just speaking about, John the Baptist's mother, and he the father. They had never been able to have a baby. Now they were both advanced in years, and there was no longer a chance for a child. You know, one of Zechariah's priestly tasks, not this kind of priest, but an Old Testament type of priest, his task was to burn incense and on occasion, someone was chosen. He was chosen this time to pray on behalf of the people of Israel while alone in the temple. And while doing this one day, an angel appeared to Zechariah, near, nearly scaring him out of his wits. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God cares about you and will give you and Elizabeth a son. Name him John. He will be a great man. He will be a prophet. It will be his job to prepare the Lord's people for the Messiah. Zechariah, he responded to this tremendous news by saying, but we are old, my wife and I. What sign will you show us that this will happen? Oops. Zechariah, don't ask for signs. It shows a lack of trust, a lack of faith. But he got his sign. He was struck dumb, unable to say a word until the baby was born. And Elizabeth did conceive, and she gave birth to a son whom we have come to know as John the Baptist. And then Luke contrasts Zechariah with another person, who received a bizarre message from an angel, the one we just read about, Mary, the mother of our Lord. Mary was a teenage girl, most likely, engaged to be married to Joseph. An angel appeared to her and said, guess what, Mary? You're going to have a baby, a son. 
and you are going to name him Jesus. He will be the king we have been waiting for. His kingdom will never end. God has been good to you, Mary. In practical, Mary simply asked for clarification by saying, how can this be? I'm still, I'm still a virgin. To which the angel Gabriel responded by telling her that nothing is impossible with God. That even now her relative Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Mary then accepted the angel's words to her saying, I am the Lord's servant, so let it be. I want whatever God wants. What a refreshing response. I want whatever God wants. When it comes to God's, God's activity in our lives, most of us, we like to offer improvements. Thank you very much. Whenever God's, whenever God's plan for our lives begins to unfold, we like to say, now, hold on just a second. I might have a suggestion or two. I can handle my life. I, I want to do it my way, please. But not Mary, not in this case. Mary rushed to see Elizabeth, who indeed was pregnant, and Mary's faith was confirmed. As soon as Elizabeth saw Mary, a remarkable thing happened because the child within her, Elizabeth, the child which the world would come to know as John the Baptist, leapt in her womb to greet the baby Jesus who was in the womb of Mary. And Elizabeth the gospel tells us, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she threw her arms around her teenage cousin and blessed her. I mean, can't you just see these two women sitting at the table in a shaded room in that dusty village in the hills of Judea? They're probably holding hands, excited, speaking in very low voices. One is rather old, one is rather young, but both have felt the pain of living, living a life that is very difficult, of never really knowing whether tomorrow will bring anything better, stripped of social status, deprived of financial stability, living close to the edge of life. Both carry inside their bodies the seeds of new life, life that will affect, that will change the course of creation. They sit huddled. They speak of the pain of rejection, the suspicion that surrounds them in their maternal experience. They may even laugh together at the strange irony of God's choice in handmaidens and the difficult predicament in which God's honor has put them. And then right after our reading today, if we were to continue reading, we have those words which come from the lips of this poor unwed mother. A pregnant teenager gives us some of the most beautiful praise ever spoken about God's unique grace and faithfulness to us. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My whole life 
My being, my mind, my strength esteems him highly. My spirit rejoices, for he has regarded the low estate of this handmaiden. Though I am nothing, he has taken time to regard me, to recognize me. Probably none of us can know exactly what Mary experienced. But in Mary's song of praise, there is probably something we've all felt before. You ever felt not good enough for some opportunity, for some position to which you aspire? Can you remember a time, perhaps, when the world seemed to count you as of no consequence or of little regard because you're not rich enough you're not smart enough, you're not old enough, you're not young enough, you're not strong enough, you're not the correct race, you're not the correct gender, you're not the correct ethnicity. It happens pretty often, doesn't it? Mary tells us of her experience of God's grace and how when the world counted her of low degree, God lifted her up. God exalted her. And please don't misunderstand me. By the world's standards, having God exalt us may not result in outward changes in our lives. Mary carried and raised a child who brought salvation to all of creation, yet the world did not affirm or embrace her in her lifetime. Instead, she faced vicious whispers, irresponsible gossip, shocked, pious frowns. Yet it was sufficient that God regarded her and that God lifted his countenance upon her. Such faith was applauded often in the Gospel of Luke, faith to believe God's promises. Remember the disciple Thomas? We just celebrated his feast date this past Wednesday. He earned the name Doubting Thomas because he didn't believe that the risen Jesus had appeared to his fellow disciples. Jesus said to Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And I think that would be all of us this morning. All it requires is simple faith, which means nothing other than a relationship with the Lord of life with Jesus himself. Ernest Ronan, in his book, The Life of Jesus, written in 1863, understood this relational quality of faith when he said, people did not become his disciples by believing this thing or that thing, but in being attached to his person and in loving him. When Mary believed, she believed in that loving relationship with God. When Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, doubted and asked for a sign, maybe just for a moment he doubted that relationship with God, doubted that God would be faithful to him no matter what. Mary is to be commended for her faith and has been revered through the centuries as a result but when it comes to me, I have to tell you, I tend sometimes to relate more to Zechariah, looking for signs, 
doubting God's promises at times, having a show-me attitude more often than I would like to have. Not always, but sometimes. Most often, I relate my faith to the story of a little boy who was out flying a kite one day. It was a beautiful day for kite flying with a light wind. The boy let out his kite string much further than usual for him so that the kite disappeared behind a low-lying cloud. And a woman came up to the boy and said, what are you doing? And the little boy replied, I'm flying a kite. And the woman teased him, flying a kite? I don't see it anywhere. And the boy said, I don't see it either, but every once in a while, I feel the tug on the string so I know for sure it is there. Now, I can't always see what I want to see in my relationship with God, but at times I feel the tug and I know that God is there. That tug comes to you and me through a supportive group of Christians we call the church. That tug comes to you and me in the word spoken and in the sacrament of the altar, the body and blood of Jesus. That tug comes to you and me in a friend's embrace, in a quiet moment of reflection. God is there in all circumstances, tugging at us in some way, reminding us that in the cross and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are loved forever. On this Sunday morning, this last Sunday of Advent, just hours before Christmas Eve, we move closer and closer to the manger in Bethlehem. That will not be the end of the journey. It will be the beginning. From there on, from then on, we are the ones who, like Mary, will be the God-bearers to this broken, dark world. And here is our song. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.